Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. <laughs> Gone with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. And they would record. Now, look, they were out of New York City, so let's be honest. The vast majority was Philadelphia and Connecticut and New York and Pennsylvania. They weren't driving all the way to Houston, a, Texas. What a great job. Right. Oh, my God. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, the Rock School Radio Network. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Now, look, we start every year on this show doing what we call the Cocktail Hour, where we talk about anniversaries for this new year, 2023. And one of the things that came up, it was in the 1970s, which would have been 73, I would think. Uh, all of these television, late night television shows that showed concerts came on. And you even said you really need to do a show about each one of these. Right. Well, the one that came on that wasn't television but was radio was the King Biscuit Flower Hour. And I I adored it. I absolutely loved it. It played in Cleveland when I was growing up on WMMS. It was either 101 FM or when the cars all went to digital, they changed all the bumper stickers to 100.7. So it was cool to have a car period, but it was cool to have a car that had a 101 bumper sticker on the left and a 100.7 on the right. So I didn't have that because, oh, it's again, I didn't have a car. It didn't look well. It, it didn't look good on your bicycle either, it right? It didn't. I wrapped it around the wheels and after a few drives, it, pff, it was over. Uh. And it, it's so hard to pick up a girl for a date on your bicycle. Really? Unless... It's a bicycle built for two. Uh-huh. Even then, no girl in Cleveland would have gone out with me. Anyway, the King Biscuit Flower Hour, uh, I want to talk about it again, not only because of the show, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about it because it has such a fantastically rich history. It plays off of an early show out of Helena or Helena, I've heard it said both ways, Arkansas, where they played what is... Arguably, the earliest show playing Delta Blues. Wow. And you got to remember what time it is. So to do a show with this kind of music mm-hmm. was sort of going against the grain. And that's why they, they I say they, it's D-I-R Broadcasting. By the way, it's called Design and Radio, D-I-R. But they sold it as Dig It Radio. Those three guys, Bob Meyerowitz, who, by the way, basically did it all. He produced the shows. He did all of that. Peter Koff and Alan Steinberg. It, they've syndicated a lot of shows, but this was the company's first syndicated show. And it always showed up on Sunday nights, which was awful because I was growing up, I needed to go to bed for school on Sunday night. No, you didn't. The thing about it is you could buy a transistor radio for seven bucks 
down at Silverman's. Do you even have Silverman's around here? Do you know no. what that is? Yeah, it was no. a department store near where I grew up. But I'd buy these things, and my father would hear me listening to this when I'm supposed to be sleeping. I could hear him pounding down the hallway. Are you listening to that radio? Yes. <laughs> what am I going to say? And he stole them. I'm telling you, there was a box in my house with 15 little transistor Aww. radios in it. So I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the King Biscuit Flower Hour and then, of course, the King Biscuit Show that led to it. And I think you'll find it's a really interesting, rich history. Now, on this show, we have always a concern about licensure. Why can't I just go and grab bootlegs and play them? Licensure. That's the concern. However, lucky for us, the King Biscuit people, while they were syndicating the show, took a lot of the concerts that they broadcast, and they were all live concerts. They took a lot of the concerts they broadcast and turned them into records. Nice. And I owned a bunch of them, and I went to my... I have I have so many of these download places because of working in radio. I went to my favorite place, and I thought, no way, clickety-clickety, you know, the King Biscuit Flower album. There they all were. Way. So I grabbed a few for you. Let me Yay. reach here and see if I can't get one. Robert Plant. We'll start with Robert Plant. When we're back, we're going to start talking about where it all came from, and I think you're going to dig it here on Rock School. After Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant's solo career grew out of his close working relationship with guitarist Robbie Blunt, who played with Plant at a number of low-key club appearances in England, playing the blues. They started working on Pictures at 11 together in September 1981 at a studio in Wales. The album was released in June 1982, and the rest, as they say, is history. Now the biscuit goes to Houston's Summit, where we'll hear Robert Plant's live performance of Big Law. There you go. That's Robert Plant, Big Log. And you heard basically the, the format. The voice you heard was a guy named Bill Minkin. He was the announcer for the radio. Again, this is a radio show. For the radio show, for as far as I know, its entire run. But we'll come back to Bill Minkin because he's a disc jockey. And he had a top 20 radio hit. No way. Yeah, it was a parody song. And when you hear it, you go, okay, I understand. But... You know, disc jockey. What are you going to do? I've even made parody songs. None of them were top 20 hits, but the fact still remains. The program, the King Biscuit Flower Hour, is called what it is for two reasons. Number one, they took part of the name from a radio show that started in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, all the way back in Helena, Arkansas. The radio station was KFFA. And the thing is, the station was running what was kind of not accepted at the time. This Delta Blues music. 
The thing is, ASCAP, there was two competitive uh, licensees, and ASCAP was one of them. BMI was the second one. BMI was the one that handled all of the blues and the mountain music and the, the, the primitive music, as they called it, which was wrong, but that's what it was called. And to run a show like this, it could only work in a place like Arkansas or Mississippi or what have you, because any radio station will tell you you have to have an audience that wants to listen right. to what you're playing. Right. And apparently this radio station, KFFA, hit it right on the button. They started a show that was playing and it was all live too. This wasn't recorded. It was all live. When wow. you heard stuff on there, the band was actually there playing or they were out somewhere playing because they named the show King Biscuit Time. Why? Well, because it was sponsored by King Biscuit Flour. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, if you go online and start looking at it, you will find that King Biscuit Time was this live element that started at 12.15 each day. Why? The point was to coincide with the lunch break of the Delta workers. And it always started with, pass the biscuits, because it's King Biscuit time. I love it. And by the way, it sounded like this. Pass the biscuits, because it's King Biscuit time on KFFA Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Jr. Lockwood and the King Biscuit Entertainers. Good evening, everybody. Tell me how do you do? Good evening, everybody. Tell me how do you do? I'm inviting all my friends and all my next door news. And the very pleasant good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to program number 17,163 of the original King Biscuit Time program. Sponsored by... Corby's Red Technical Institute of Forest City. Also brought to you by Economy Drugs right here in Helena. Hi everyone, Sunshine Sunny Payne broadcasting live from the Delta Cultural Center right here in historic downtown Helena. Robert Jr. Lockwood opens the show today with Come on baby and take a walk with me, alright? Now, I said that it was uh, sponsored by King Biscuit. That was a guy named Max Moore. He owned something called Interstate Groceries. And Max would use this to move these groups to his grocery stores. So what would happen now? I, I don't have any audio for it because it, it's the only video I could find. So if you go to YouTube and you look for Max Moore, King Biscuit Time, you'll see him introducing Sonny Boy Williams. And the reason he wanted Sonny Boy Williams was because Sonny Boy Williams acted as basically his person and his backup band allowed themselves to be renamed the Biscuit Boys. <laughs> Okay. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more after this uh, about King Biscuit and King Biscuit time and, and things like that until we get to the King Biscuit Flower Hour. But first, from one of the records from King Biscuit Flower Hour, here you go. It's Fog Hat on Rock School.
There you go. It's Foghat on one of the King Biscuit Flower Hour. I, I don't have an introduction for every person, but yeah. I thought the first two would be interesting to hear that these were all live things. And, yeah, and but we'll wh- talk about how they were recorded in a little bit because I think I know what you're going to ask. What am I going to ask you? You're going to ask, did every one of these bands come to New York to perform? Yeah, and where all were that they performing? No, it worked. Again, I said this King Biscuit Flower Hour was based upon King Biscuit time. Time. Okay. Now, people would come to the studio to perform, but that's not the way the vast majority of it worked. The point was to sell King Biscuit flour. Absolutely. So what happened was, and again, if you go online and look this up, you're going to be able to find that there were these advertising elements. Not only did Sonny Boy Williams, who was really the main voice of King Biscuit Time, allow his band to be called the Biscuit Boys. <laughs> I don't know. See, I played in a band called Rick and the Rock. Yeah. So I was a rocket. I would have rather been a biscuit boy. I was going to say, so there's people out there that can probably legitimately say I was a biscuit boy. But what they would do is go live to each one of these grocery stores. And the thing is, when I talk about the King Biscuit Flower Hour, that's Uh a weekly syndicated show. This was a show, the King Biscuit Time, which we're talking about now in, in Helena, Arkansas. This was a time where you did the show every single day. Wow. Now, I found a website that said this. I can only tell you what the website said, but it said, in all, there were almost 17,000 different shows, which is easily more than Grand Old Opry, American Bandstand, American Top 40, only because, only because it was a daily show yes and what would happen is they would either have the people in the studio or they would go with them out to uh, the grocery stores mm-hmm. and again if you look for that video uh, just simply king biscuit time also put in the name of the guy max moore you would see him with the band in front of a play and the point of all time was to sell king biscuit flour yes but again Not only did Sonny Boy Williamson allow his band to be called the Biscuit Boys, the company, King Biscuit, also made Sonny Boy Corn Meal. So in the same way, you could buy a sack, it wasn't boxes, a sack of flour. You could also buy a sack of Sonny Boy Corn Meal, which was named after Sonny Boy Williamson. Wow. You, know, you hope that Sonny Boy Williamson made a crud ton of cash off of this. I'm not sure he did for various reasons, but it would be something. How much money could he have, you know, made off of that? So we're going to finish up this break. Tammy's going to tell you who's listening to us. And then we're going to start talking about the actual topic, which is the King Biscuit Flower Hour. Oh, by the way, one other thing I wanted to tell you. Where is it on here? In 2018, selections of King Biscuit Time from 1965 were selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress as being, quote, culturally, historically, or artistically significant. And those recordings won a Peabody Award. Yes, they did. How about that? I Who's listening it. to us? KPVL, Decorah, Iowa. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
Coming out of the break, I said we would get to the King Biscuit Flower Hour. Do you remember me mentioning earlier the guy who was the host of it, Bill Minken? Yeah, you said he had a record hit? Yeah, he had a top 20 hit. Let Let me play that for you right now. Bill Minken was also a comedian who made parody records. He went by Senator Bobby. Okay, I don't know why, but he did. In 1967, Parkway Records released a 45 single of Minkin singing two versions of the Trogs 1966 hit song, Wild Thing. Really? On one side, Minkin does Bobby Kennedy singing it. I understand why. Because if you remember, Wild Thing and other songs like that were thought to have had bad connotations they were they cursed and all of that mm-hmm. um so this all went to kennedy and also j edgar hoover and all that kind of stuff so i understand why he did that on the other side he sang it in the voice of senator what was it, everett dixon he was a Republican, and he was a huge supporter of the Vietnam War. Now, no one's going to know what this guy Dixon sounded like, but here's just a little bit of Robert Kennedy singing Wild Thing. Hi, Senator. Remember, on this record, we're trying to answer Senator McKinley's hit record, and uh, George, you have a word here? All right, Senator, this one's for the Democrats, so let's really hear it. All right, I think I'm about as ready as I'm ever going to be. Okay, stand by. This is Wild Thing, take 72, Senator. Wild thing, you make my uh, my heart sing. You make uh, everything uh, groovy. Wild thing, a wild thing. Uh, I think I love you. All right, there you go. Oh, it didn't get any better. No, it didn't. It got worse. Okay, oh. now look, we we got to play a song into the bottom of the hour. And I wanted to, since I'm I'm sort of focusing on Bill Minkin, let me play a complete opening by Minkin. It takes a little while, and it's going to go into a John Cougar Mellencamp concert, because that's the way the King Biscuit Flower Hour used to work. We're we're away from King Biscuit time. We're no longer at that radio station, uh, KFFA. We are now. In the time that I was listening, we're to the King Biscuit Flower Hour. And what they would do is take a mobile recording studio to wherever. Ooh. And they would record. Now, look, they were out of New York City, so let's be honest. The vast majority was Philadelphia and Connecticut and New York and Pennsylvania. They weren't driving all the way to Houston, Texas. What a great job. Oh, my gosh. And they they would record them, and within three weeks, it would go on. And they hopefully signed a contract with the artist that it would become a live record, which they could sell. And Mellencamp was one of those that did it. So I'm going to play this bit by uh, Mellencamp and know that the voice that's going into it is the host of the King Biscuit Flower Hour, Bill Minkin, here on Rockstore. Welcome to the King Biscuit Flower Hour. America's premier rock radio concert series. Brought to you each week through the DIR Radio Network. Hi, I'm Bill Minkin. 
And this week, King Biscuit takes you to America's heartland for one of the greatest rockers to ever emerge from that area, John Mellencamp. Hailing from Indiana, from 1976 on, John Mellencamp consistently recorded and toured, honing his talents until his name became a household word in 1982. That was the year John became the only male artist to have two top 10 hits and the number one album simultaneously. This amazing feat was achieved, of course, with his American Fool album. From that moment on, John Mellencamp has remained one of America's greatest songwriting and performing artists of all time. So this week, King Biscuit takes you to Lincoln, Nebraska in 1983, where we caught John when he was on tour captivating audiences from coast to coast. The King Biscuit Flower Hour is brought to you by AT&T, proud sponsor of the 1992 U.S. Olympic team. And now, let's go right to the stage for John Mellencamp on the King Biscuit Flower Hour. into the bottom of the hour while that song was playing by john cougar you said your mother meaning my mom uh-huh. who, who is 114 years old now oh yeah wrong. she she still goes to sleep with a transistor radio under her pillow yeah yeah she it does looks old when she probably the one i bought that my dad ripped off you're uh, right i'm positive of it but you know what she would listen to when i was a young kid uh-uh. she would listen to the border blasters she would listen to, like, Wolfman Jack on ah, surf radio. Mexico, huh? Quarter million watts. Well, at night, when signals were bouncing off the ionosphere, right. I mean, you could listen to stuff on the other side of the world, and it would sound like it was, you know, out of your bathroom. Well, she said she doesn't sleep, ever. N- next to none. She you know doesn't. why? That's true. I could never come home late, and my parents were asleep. She was always, you know, sitting up in the the kitchen drinking a cup of coffee. With the radio on. Shouldn't do that. With the radio on. And there I am. Hi, Joseph. Let me smell your breath. Anyway, (laughs) before we do seven days, let me give you a a blip of information. Why is it called the King Biscuit Flower Hour? Well, it would be easy to think, well, the original out of Helena, Arkansas, was King Biscuit Time. So, King Biscuit Flower, F-L-O-U-R, mm-hmm. would make more sense. Right. The reason is it started in the 70s, and in the 70s at that time, anti-Vietnam War, it was flower power. The, the Let peace rule, you know? They would put flowers in the guns of people, you know, the, the what do you call them, the National Guard. Right. And all that. I know right, that right. brings up Kent State and all that. But 
flower power, which is why it was called the King Biscuit Flower Hour. Gotcha. It was a play on the word flower. And cool. of course, the show went for an hour. Okay, let's do seven days and 70 seconds. Here be the dates January 23 all the way through January 29th. Tammy, you got Monday. Go. January 23, 1965, a woman finally has a number one U.S. hit during the British invasion. Petula Clark's Downtown Tops the Chart. January 24th, 1982, the Super Bowl halftime is a salute to Motown, and Diana Ross sings the national anthem. January 25, 1991, Paul McCartney appears on Unplugged and becomes the first artist to release it as an album. January 26, 2006, Garth Brooks' Double Live, which was released a few years back, eight to be specific, it becomes the first live album to go double diamond, 20 million copies. Woo! January 27, 1991, Whitney Houston's rendition of the national anthem at the Super Bowl 26 is a massive success. Since it was pre-recorded and lip-synced, the song is released as a single and goes to number 20. And you know, after 9-11, mm-hmm. it re-enters the charts. She did it again. Yep. January 28, 2001, Super Bowl 23, halftime. Aerosmith, Britney Spears, and Justin Timberlake. Who put them together? Did we just throw darts and came up with that? Maybe. Anyway, that's where Aerosmith debuts the song Jaded. And January 29th, 1989, Billy Joel sings the U.S. National Anthem Super Bowl 23 in Miami. Again, the King Biscuit people would go not only to arenas, they would go to smaller clubs because they had a recording studio that could be just basically rolled in anywhere. So this is from one of those small little clubs. Here's Kim Carnes live, Betty Davis Eyes on Rock School. Second break, one of the things that King Biscuit Flower Hour was known for doing was breaking earlier bands. And even the DIR, Dig It Radio, uh, network admitted it wasn't that they were trying to do it. What they needed was live concert audio mm-hmm. from a band that would give it to them as cheaply as possible. Right. So when you got a band like Led Zeppelin, now don't get me wrong, Led Zeppelin was on the King Biscuit Flower Hour. But when you had a band that was trying, was on the hamster wheel, mm-hmm. you know, trying yeah. to get on there. Going yeah, up, going yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, coming up, coming down. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, come on, record us, you know, help us out, a whole thing. So they were able to sign all kinds of stuff with them. So it wasn't, as they said a decision to do it it was a monetary thing we need a a show this week who are we going to do well who's this depeche mode Mm -hmm. i don't know go go record them and they would break people nice yeah uh this is only for the disc jockeys and the tech people when it was first 
created 1973. It went out to stations on reel-to-reel tape. Yes. Do you remember yes. where you and I met? Mm-hmm. How much reel-to-reel tape did we run? A ton. The thing is, the show could be grabbed in either stereo or quad. Now, when somebody had in their van, mm-hmm. they said, this is quad. No, it wasn't. It was more than likely two sets of stereo speakers. But that's not quad. Quad is literally a different signal, meaning this part of the band, then that part of the band, then that part of the band, then that part of the band. What? On four different speakers. Wow. And the point was to sit in the middle of them, what they called the quad diamond, sit in the middle of them, and it would be almost as if the music would lose directivity. Surround sound? Yes. It wasn't like the band was over there. Mm -hmm. You were inside of the sound. As a matter of fact, when you watch Fantasia at Disney World Land, what have you, you're literally sitting in the quad diamond. So you lose directivity. Ooh, scary. Here's the problem. Mm -hmm. If they sent it out as quad, none of the radio stations could broadcast it in quad. It was just something they could say. This is the quad recording. <laughs> and people idiotic like me would go, oh, cool, man. You felt your hair blowing back? Oh, guys, this is, this is in quad. No, it's not. It's in stereo. But anyway, after the reel-to-reels, it went to records. Now, this is, I remember this. Mm-hmm. When I was in radio, I played American Top 40 on a record. Here's the thing. It was the King Biscuit Flower Hour. So they only needed three sides of the record. What? So what you would get is, you know, a record and then one side cut and the other side would be blank. I remember Todd and I, this happens a lot. People who want to get rid of a record collection, somebody Mm -hmm. dies. Yeah. They bring all the records to a radio station. Right. I don't know if it happens now, but they bring the records to a radio station. Of course, we descend upon it like, you know, Eagles times Baird. But I remember somebody brought all this stuff over to the the flagship station of this show, KSLU, and Todd, the general manager, went through it and he found a three-sided disc. Mm-hmm. However, instead of the third side just being blank, mm-hmm. they laser etched some kind of a neat thing into it. He framed it and put it up on his wall. Hmm. And it was set so it had a, 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 what, a hook on both sides so he could flip it every so often. Like I said, nobody cares about this but radio people or the tech stuff. Uh, that was in 1980. They started doing that. Uh, it did, by the way, go to CDs, but that wasn't until the show was over and they were just running reruns. Okay, mm-hmm. who's listening to us here on The Rock School Show? K-H-N-S Skagway. Alaska. Fantastic. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Rolling into the last break, talking again about the King Biscuit Flower Hour. Where are the shows? Can I hear them? Yeah, there's a lot of bootlegs and a lot of the records are up on YouTube. If you have a download site or a stream site, a lot of them are on there. Now, I went to a radio stream site. I haven't looked on Spotify or anything like that, but it's it's probably going to be there at least under the the auspices of the band that you're looking for. But if you want to hear the show 
itself. They've all been purchased by something called Wolfgang's Vault, who offers them for streaming and some downloading. Go to Wolfgang's.com. W-O-L-F-G-A-N-G-S. Wolfgang's.com. Now, no, it's a pay-for site. It sells apparel and photos and magazines and stuff. And if you want to hear the songs, you have to sign up, pay a fee, and then, you know, you have access to it all. However, if you don't sign up, you'll get a 30-second sample of each one of them. So if you want to hear it, that's where you go. That's where you get it. And that's my little ode to the King Biscuit Flower Hour, which I listened to incessantly at uh, when I was little, growing up in Cleveland. On your little transistor radio. On my little transistor radio. And I can see it, too. Was it black or it, red? It was, it was gray. It was in a gray case. Nice. And it had this fake chrome plastic over the speaker. Yeah. And then it had the little switch that was AM, FM. Uh-huh. There were three dials, one for volume, one for AM, one for FM. And it had an antenna in it that would telescope down into oh, the box so and then brrrp, pull the whole thing out. So, yeah, beautiful. Okay, we're going to finish up here. We're going to play Rick Derringer and Friends from the King Biscuit Flower Hour Presents. Hang on, Sloopy. By the way, the official rock song of the state of Ohio, where I grew up. However, every one of the shows, they were only an hour long, every one of the shows ended with the sponsors and the end credits. And that's one again, Milken, that says it. So I'm going to play the ending credits from a concert and then straight into Rick Derringer, and that wraps it up. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. That's it. Class is dismissed. The King Biscuit Flower Hour has been brought to you by Honda Motorcycles. Follow the leader. The King Biscuit Flower Hour is a DIR broadcasting production. Executive producers Bob Meyerowitz and Peter Count. Produced by David Knight. Engineered by Tim Mulligan and Bruce Raines. Join us next week when King Biscuit brings you the best of the biscuits, starring Brian Adams, recorded in concert from the Palace Theater in Albany, New York. This is Bill Minkin. Thanks for listening. The King Biscuit Flower Hour is copyrighted 1984 for the sole broadcast and use of the ABC Rock Radio Network and may not be copied or offered for resale. <laughs>